Hey, it's Monique. I hope you are doing well. Welcome to the podcast. This is the Brown Vegan Podcast, episode 40. And of course, I am back to share some amazing information with you because I love to share how a vegan lifestyle can be simple, delicious, and long-term. I hope you're doing well. And this episode is actually going to be an interview. I have an amazing conversation with Javanka, and she is a wellness coach, author, um, amazing spirit too. I love her. And she basically is going to share some information about how to transition to um, a vegan lifestyle and also how to detox and do cleanses in a way that is not... um, making you feel like you're sacrificing in a way that it's something that feels attainable. Because for me, um, I never like detoxes too much. Um, I did a raw food cleanse once and that was okay. But as far as like juices and smoothies, I'm not the biggest fan of those because I feel like I just really want to chew my food and I don't want to worry about those things. But she's going to give some very um, specific strategies on how to do this in a way that feels good to you in a way that doesn't feel like a sacrifice and in a way that makes you feel good. Um, We spent a great deal of time talking about how doing cleanses is much more than just losing weight. I know a lot of people are interested in doing that for weight, but it's more of a spiritual um, transformation that happens once you start to do this. And so we're going to talk about how it makes you more calm and makes you more quiet. And it's a great discipline as well. In the beginning of the conversation, we spend some time talking about her journey and how her having a stressful job contributes to so many health issues at a young age and how she was able to switch that around for herself. Um, I hope this episode is helpful. And for myself, it was, I definitely look at detoxes and cleanses a lot differently. I'm I'm so glad that she was able to give me an education on that. So um, of course you can get all of the show notes at brownvegan.com under episode 40. And without further ado, let's go ahead and jump right into the conversation with Javanka. All right. Thank you so much for being on the show, Javanka. How are you? Very good, Monique. Thanks for having me. So can you tell me why you decided to become a vegan? Sure. I was um, uh, in a very stressful, uh, you know, high pitch job, the kind of job where you're running around and traveling the world. And in the process, I was very, very stressed out. So uh, my body kind of started to fall apart when I was very young. I was only like 27 years old when I got uh, something called IBS. And then I had a couple of ulcers and I had some uh, hormonal disruption uh, with fibroids and, and something called endometriosis. And unfortunately, Western medicine didn't have a lot of um, solutions for my issues. So I started to look for alternatives and, you know, I started doing things like juicing and doing acupuncture and um, cleanses and detoxes. And what I learned changed my life and it became just a big, big passion. And, um, and it, yeah, I decided that I, I needed to continue on this journey. So it was a very gradual process. It, it wasn't, I didn't go at it cold turkey. It wasn't like one day I was eating pork chops and the next day I was eating tofu. I slowly but steadily got rid of certain things on my diet. And it's, it's, strangely enough, it was the stuff that people tend to leave towards the end. So the first things that I dropped were dairy and eggs and chicken because they, they had the most hormones and the things that will affect my hormones the most. And, um, and then I ate uh, fish and seafood for a few years. So I was kind of like on and off vegetarian. And then eventually I became an on and off vegan. And then about three or four years ago, I started to teach this lifestyle to other people. And I said, well, you know what, if I'm going to teach this lifestyle, I have to kind of live what I 
practice what I preach, if you will. Yeah. So you were basically learning all of this um, information on how to uh, get, like clean up your diet, like you said. But most people, when they have the doctor tells them, you know, you have IBS or you have any type of health issues, usually they just take the pill and move on. So what made you want to continue to research opposed to just taking a pill and listening to what the doctor said? You know, I guess it might have been my upbringing. I, you know, this this whole idea that I have to rely on a pill just to have energy or just to be, you know, well, feel okay and not be in pain, it was foreign to me. It just didn't make any sense. And I know that in this society, we like to take a pill and, and expect that pill to solve all of our problems. Mm-hmm. I was very curious about my body and about what the foods that I would put inside of my body will do to it. Well, after I would eat, I would finish with that meal. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I started reading things like the basic things that pretty much every healthy living advocate or every person that's passionate about their their health would read things like Diet for a New America and uh, the China study. And and I was like, wait, this is happening inside my body? And I don't know, I guess it was a little bit of curiosity and um, and I would, I mean, my mom used to say it was morbid curiosity because like, <laughs> I would use my body as a guinea pig. I would just you know, start putting things in it and herbs and, you know, <laughs> crazy diet and crazy recipes and and um, see how, how I felt about it. And I started getting so much more energy and feeling so much better. I was like, why would I want to go back to that when I was feeling pretty crappy all day long? Yeah, because you were really young when you said you had um, started having all these health issues. You said about 27 when I you started? I was 27 years old and my body was falling apart. And you know, I consider myself very lucky that my body was falling apart that early because all of my conditions were chronic but not Mm life-threatening as opposed to other people which on average, you know, you turn 40 or 50 and that's when you start getting maybe heart disease or diabetes or high blood pressure and things that are really serious and could potentially kill you. My conditions were all very chronic, but every doctor will tell me, you can live the rest of your life with this stuff. Mm. And I was like, I am not going to live 40, 50 more years in pain and discomfort. Mm. That is not what, that that is not something that I was ready to accept. Yeah. Well, so how was your diet right before you decided to become a vegetarian and then a vegan? How how were you eating when you were doing a lot of travel for work and when you had this high stress job? So I was, uh, because, you know, when you travel for work, the company pays for your meals or you're entertaining people, you would go to these fancy restaurants and you would eat what the person that's in front of you that you're entertaining would eat. So if they had a piece of steak, you felt almost obligated to eat a piece of steak. Um, and, you know, salads were, you know, an afterthought. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not something that anybody would please. Uh, so I would eat things like that, and uh, and certainly, you know, I'm a Caribbean girl, and I in the Caribbean, uh, pork is is a big deal. So I would eat lots and lots of pork. I I I, st- I miss it. It's one of the few things that I still miss mm-hmm. in the animal world. I don't consume it any longer, but that that kind of stuff. Um, lots of white bread, and I was very fairly small and fairly fit. So I was like, oh please, I can do this and not gain any weight. And I felt like. Just because I was not gaining weight, I was healthy. And little did I know that this, I mean, there's a lot of very skinny, very seemingly healthy looking people walking around there that are just struggling just as much as people that may not look as healthy. Mm-hmm. 
So, because you know, you just reminded me, you made me think of something else because you were talking about, you know, pork, how you miss pork mm-hmm. and how it's a part of your upbringing and your family does it. Do you think that's probably why you miss it? Not necessarily the pork, but you miss how it make you feel be around your family eating that kind of stuff? You know, it's, uh, I mean, I guess this is a two part answer. I, I definitely love the taste of pork. I'm not going to lie. Of course. I mean, and oh, let's talk about, we're going to go to that next because I think that's a, that's another thing too. You know, okay, let me, I'm getting ahead of myself. Go ahead and finish. I'm sorry. You got me excited when so, you said that. Yeah. <laughs> with my family, it was, you know, it, yes, there's a part of it that has to do with, with being in, in community and with the people that you love and, um, and bonding with them and they're eating this stuff and you want to eat with them. With my family, though, they have been they have been part of this journey in a very interesting way. My parents are in their seventies, mm-hmm. and they are almost vegan, and they eat lots and lots of vegetables and grains that they didn't eat before. Nice. So this has been a very fun, entertaining journey, mm-hmm. um, and they are loving the process. And it's still very much a process. Obviously, my father was eating all kinds of animals until like three years ago so it's you know you kind of have to pick your battles with him mm-hmm. uh but it's it's it was less than it was less that because you know of course i could eat all kinds of other stuff that were all plant-based even though they were kind of scrumptious and very unhealthy and you feel like you're bonding with your peers that way uh it was less that that it was that i love the taste of pork and mm-hmm. i still yeah yeah, and I think that's another, I guess, sometimes there's a misconception about us um, as far as being vegans is that we don't like the taste of meat. So why <laughs> why do we like meat substitutes sometimes? Sometimes we like a meat substitute. Sometimes, uh, well, if you don't like the taste of meat, but it has nothing to do with the taste. No. It's just <laughs> absolutely nothing. I, I love the taste of seafood especially. Like, I just love um, <laughs> seafood, but... Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's a misconception. Do you agree yeah, with that? It, yeah. It's a struggle. I mean, in, in, and this is probably part of the reason why I was a quasi-vegetarian and a quasi-vegan for so long. Mm-hmm. Because I was like, you know, I, I don't want to give up this stuff. And it's just, it would, to me, it was all about the pleasure. And the how I got, you know, how I overcame that was twofold. Certainly understanding that this this body of mine is my only home. It's the only one I have. And I want to treat it like a like a luxury vehicle. And if you had a Maserati and you and you equate that with something that's so luxurious and so important to you, right? Like it was it's it was a sacrifice because you spend a lot of money on this and maybe you spend years saving to get this fancy luxury vehicle. You're not gonna put cheap gas on that vehicle. Mm-hmm. You're going to take it to the best mechanics. You're going to do the best, you know, you're going to wax it and, you know, wash it and make sure that it's nice and it lasts you for years. That's how I see my body. Yeah. So every choice, every bite needs to honor this beautiful luxury thing I have that I want it to last me until I'm 85 or 90 years old. So it was that on one end and certainly the idea that there is so much more to eat. If you think about the average American consumes maybe six or seven types of foods and in different versions, and then the rest of it is just putting sauces on it and putting butter on it to change the taste and make it a different experience. What about all these other stuff? When you walk through a supermarket, the produce aisle, there's probably 60 or 70 different types of fruits, vegetables, seeds, grains, and half of them 
you may have never even tasted before. Yeah. So I wanted to experiment and try different things. And some of them were like, uh, no, I'm no, 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 this is not for me. <laughs> You're so right, though, because most of us grew up eating the same six or seven. I always say this. We grew up eating the same six or seven vegetables. So that's why a lot of times it's hard for us to transition because we're thinking, OK, what in the world am I going to eat? But the beauty is it really does open your world up to so much more that you've never realized was out there. So I love that you said that because it's so, so true. Absolutely. So yeah. Yeah. What about, okay, because you said it was a lot of things you tried and you were, well, not a lot of things, but there were a few things that you tried and you weren't really sure about it. You're like, oh, I'm not doing that again. So were there anything, I guess, grains, fruit, vegetables that you did yeah. not like before that you like now? Oh my God. I, I, you know, it, it would be easier to answer that in the opposite way. I mean, I, I, I'm an island girl. I was born and raised in Puerto Rico. So we grew up with fruit. And I loved all sorts of tropical fruit. So that wasn't hard for me mm -hmm. to incorporate different fruit. It was things like, you know, asparagus, which I am obsessed with. <laughs> now I cannot live without asparagus. But at the beginning, I used to look at this green little thing. I was like, this is like a mini tree. Like, what am I going to do with this? Um, things like beets. Oh, I used to see <laughs> them with a passion. And now I, I love them. I mean, I put them in my juices almost every day. Uh, I still have a little bit of a love-hate relationship with, with celery. Mm -hmm. It is not my favorite. So I put it in soups a lot and I put it in juices and smoothies because it can mask the flavor. Yeah. Um, I, you know, like there, it's, it's all hit and miss. I, I just recently embraced kale. I know how great it is. I know how amazing it is. It was so hard on my body. It was so hard to digest. I always ended up with a stomachache. Mm. So now I'm, I learned how to massage it and, you know, like I never eat kale un unless I have massaged it and let it sit for at least 15 minutes and let it break down some of its enzymes. Yeah. Uh, and it's just a little bit easier on me. Uh, what do you I, massage yours with? Do you use lemon juice, apple cider? I, I know I massage it just with plain olive oil. Olive oil. Um, yeah, I do too. I love and it. And it's just, it's fabulous. I love olive oil. Um, and, and it's just, it's just easy. And then the other thing that I learned to do was to embrace, uh, herbs and spices, mm -hmm. um, especially because there's a lot of stuff as vegetarians and vegans, we tend to rely on foods, uh, like beans, for example, that are a little hard for people to digest. And they were a problem for me too, especially with someone that had ulcers and IBS. That was a big, big problem. I can I mean, see that. Yeah. I was a big gas bomb. I was walk around always uncomfortable. Um, and learning about Ayurveda and Chinese medicine, I started to embrace herbs like cumin and cardamom and um, coriander. And if you combine them, when you actually put them in, when you cook your meals with, and I've seen some of your recipes, Monique, and I love them because you always incorporate at least one or two little spice, simple things like pepper and salt i mean they just they go a long way they really do when you did the analogy about the car it reminded me of something that someone else said to me a few weeks ago and she was basically saying that you know because i've been a vegan for five years but um i never did i haven't done like a detox like you know uh juice cleanse or a smoothie cleanse or something like that i've done that in a while because to be honest i really like the idea of chewing my food and it just, <laughs> <laughs> and doing, you know, not doing that really bothers me. And I was just so consumed with the idea of not chewing that it just, 
you know, I sabotage myself with that. But what she did is she said, basically, how you have a car and you wouldn't go take your car and get an oil change and then have them put oil on top of all the gunk that's already in there. You really need to clean, clean your system. And I know that you're really big on like juicing and cleansing and all of those things. So what tips would you give for someone who is trying to clean up how they eat? Not necessarily. Well, I guess I probably should do a detox, but yeah, just go ahead. <laughs> so, like, it is, it, I, I eat by for the seasons. And so the first thing is be mindful of when you decide to do a cleanse uh, and what type of cleanse that is. Because you can do cleanses that are food-based. And I, and I teach some of those. So if it's fall or if it's a winter, you don't want to do a cleanse that is only juicing. It's just really taxing on the body and it's just it's really a lot when your body is, is really craving, nourishing, grounding stuff. So you need to embrace things like root vegetables and stews and soups in, in the fall and in the winter. And then in the spring and summer, you might want to, it's a little bit easier to incorporate some juice only or smoothie only cleanses. So if you've never done a cleanse, you might want to start by doing a combination of foods and juices. So say, for example, you're doing five days. Days one, Day one, you'll be doing some raw salads and maybe some soups and maybe uh, a little bit of uh, a smoothie at the end of the day. And then days two, three, and four, you'll do only smoothies and juices. So it's a combination of things with fiber and things uh, that, that are, have no fiber. The fiber has been removed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then on day five, you will go slowly and steadily go back to eating some raw stuff and allow your body to ease back into your regular routine. And then you might want to try that once and see how you feel. And the beauty of cleanses is that they are very much about learning to listen to your body and going within. So it's very much a spiritual cleanse as much as it is a physical cleanse. Uh, It makes no sense for you to do a cleanse and just kind of like put your body through the ringer and and not not actually learn lessons that Mm. your body is trying to teach you. Uh, if you're doing it just because you want to lose five pounds, that is to me a little silly. You 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 probably want a combination of things, um, and then you try that once, and then once you you're you've graduated, you're no longer a rookie. You can do a cleanse that maybe only juices. Uh, the beauty of juices juice only cleanses is that it allows your body to literally get into resting and replenishing and healing mode. Mm-hmm. Because you, you're you not digesting. The process of digestion, which is a very taxing, very energy-taking um, type of process, you're not doing that. Your body is absorbing the nutrients through the walls of the, of the intestine and the stomach. So you allow your body to say, okay, what am I going to do this excess of energy on? Let me just use that by getting rid of, the, of the, all, all that gunk that that other person talked about mm-hmm. and pushing that stuff back into your GI tract and pushing it out of your system. And normally the question after that is like, well, if I don't have any fiber, how is my body going to, to get all that stuff through my intestines and out? And that's when you use herbs again uh, to allow your body to, to push things out. And certainly if you've been consuming a lot of uh, fibrous foods, you have enough fiber in your body to do that with the, even if you go into a three or four days juice only cleanse, it wouldn't be an issue. 
Yeah, I think that's, I love what you said about how it was a combination of eating and um, drinking, but it's, of course, completely uh, plant-based, of course, like uh, just vegetables, fruit, things yeah, like that. Because I think that would work better for me than just trying well, to do smoothies or juice. Correct. And you and the, the important thing about a cleanse is that you, at the end of the day, you're trying to put foods in your body that are highly alkalizing mm -hmm. and, and, uh, and ideally anti-inflammatory. So you can't, it, it, to me, it makes no sense to do a cleanse where you some cleanses include like fish or whatever, or even chicken. And I'm like, how are you going to do this? <laughs> what kind of cleanse is this? <laughs> I know. And this stuff is like, back really you, it's backing you up. <laughs> exactly. It, it makes no sense. So if you're going to commit to do a cleanse, you need to commit to that cleanse being plant-based for sure. Do you do it quarterly or how do you cleanse? Yeah. So I cleanse once every quarter at the beginning of every season. I have a juicer at home and I make my own juices and some people buy them. It's totally fine. Um, at this point, I've been doing them for so long that I it's, it's very easy for me. Oh. Uh, some people lose a lot of weight and feel really awesome. Some people, especially if it's the first time, you will feel pretty ill the first few days and then everything you know goes back to normal. So it, it's it's very much a journey and it's a very interesting journey and it's just an amazing way to get to know you yeah because it what it does is it forces you to be quiet it really does <laughs> no seriously because i mean listen i've had a, i've tried I've done, i think i've tried it twice and they were both fails i mean i, I did them but i just was so miserable that i i said i would never do it again so right. uh, the reason i say that is because i do remember being more peaceful during that time yeah. because I, <laughs> you definitely have to go within it it's you do <laughs> and it is it is also a lesson in discipline a lesson in the power of your brain in learning how to you know what are your cravings what is it that your body actually needs like what what are your weaknesses it's, you and i had this conversation right before we we got into the podcast this is very much a, um, a, a, a struggle. It is not always going to be peaches and cream. Mm -hmm. So you need to give yourself permission to understand, yeah, some days I'm going to fail and that's okay. Yes. And some days are going to be absolutely fabulous and you think that you could do this forever. And, so, and I tell my clients this, I teach a lot of nutrition to people mm -hmm. and people tell me like, I had ice cream last night. That's okay. That's okay. I mean, we 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 grew up in a society that rewards us as children with sugar and nasty foods. So we have been indoctrinated to believe that that bad foods are the stuff that you do when you are being a good person or when you're being a good kid. So like Pavlovian dogs, we go every time we feel the need to to feel good about ourselves, we go to that food because we have been taught that this is good stuff for us, that if we are good, we are going to be rewarded with, you know, French fries and, you know, chicken fingers or whatever, finger, whatever you call that. Yeah. You just reminded me of something because, you know, I know you grew up in Puerto Rico. I don't know if you guys had this here, but I mean, there. But when I was a kid and you had a good report card, we used to get like the Pizza Hut coupon. So you get a personal exactly. pan pizza. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. We're just a culture that rewards people through food. And, right. so, and it's always crappy food. <laughs> it's always, yeah. So by the yeah. time you turn 20 years old, how are you going to fight 20 years of indoctrination? It is a process. And it may be the rest of your life learning 
and a new way of eating and a new way of living. Absolutely. And that's totally fine. Absolutely. Like we said before, I mean, this is truly a journey and not a destination. And I think the reason why a lot of people have issues with staying on this lifestyle is because they think that it's like you said, peaches and cream, everything is perfect. And then when they don't feel perfect, it's like, well, why bother? Because I'm not as good as what I see someone else doing. So I shouldn't okay. do anything. And that's not the case at all. We all yeah. have, um, you know, have some trials and tribulations. Some of us uh, <laughs> some eat out. <laughs> some of us more than others. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. So, yeah, I, I feel like this is turning into a conversation that's uh, centered around the detoxing because I think this will be really <laughs> helpful for other people as well as me, like yeah. I said, because I'm really thinking about this for myself. But when you were doing your fi- in the beginning of the season, when you started the five-day cleanse, what were some of the ingredients that you put in your juices? Um, okay, so... Because my juices, because I've been doing juicing for a long time, um, the juices are pretty hardcore. <laughs> so my first juice in the morning is normally the equivalent of a lemonade. Um, so it's just water, lemon, a little bit of cayenne pepper, and then I put either lacanto or uh, coconut syrup, just as a little bit of a sweetener. Mm-hmm. Uh, zero calories, zero GI, and it comes. It's just a very raw type, very healthier, a healthier version of a sugar, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and then. I take about three or four bottles of 16 ounce each of green juice. And the juices have kale, spinach, cucumber, uh, some celery, uh, parsley often, uh, and some lemon. So it's five or six, uh, you know, ingredients. Uh, and so I take about three to four bottles of those. So three, 16 ounce each throughout the day, normally every two hours. So every time I feel a hunger pain, I just drink something. Uh, maybe drink like six or seven ounces, and then the half an hour half an hour later, another six or seven ounces. So you don't ever want to feel like, oh my God, I'm ready to eat a cow. Yeah. You want to pace yourself, and you will feel hunger pangs. You won't feel desperately hungry, but it's a constant kind of hunger that is, it's always there. The hardest time of the, of the day are between, I'd say, 1 and 4 in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. And then at that time, I have a juice that has a little bit of beet. Same ingredients, all the same other ingredients that I mentioned, but a little bit of beet or, and or a little bit of carrots. Because those are a little bit of sugary stuff and they, um, they actually are a little bit of a pick-me-up. Okay. If you will. Mm-hmm. And if you are a newbie, I what I recommend people is to around three or four in the afternoon is to have a small smoothie. So it could have a little bit of a frozen banana, maybe half a frozen banana, um, or you can have some almond milk or cashew nut milk or something that has it's it's high in, in oil content and a little bit high in plant based protein. So it kinda holds you up. Yeah, it coaches <laughs> your stomach a little more. <laughs> yeah, and it prevents yeah. you from going into crazy mode. Oh my God, I'm going to fail. Uh, and just have a small glass of that, maybe six or seven ounces. And then at the end of the day, you end up with another juice. Um, and it's just, it's fabulous. And I always, always, always recommend people to write in a journal every throughout the day. Don't You don't have to write entire paragraphs, just a phrase or a sentence about how do you feel at that particular moment. Because you'll be surprised at the end of the five days, you go back to that journal and you go like, wow, 
like all the stuff that we say to ourselves mm -hmm. that we or you know like oh my god you you suck or you are the worst or you you can't do this or you you're you're weak you'd be surprised how much bad stuff we say to ourselves and it's so so not the way it's supposed to be but it's part of that journey of understanding that now i i don't you know if i were to say this to others it, it's almost abusive you'd be literally called a bully if you were to say the stuff that you say to yourself to others yeah we're the hardest on ourselves aren't we it's just crazy oh my God. yeah so do, do you drink water during the time where you're juicing oh, absolutely. so is it do you just kind of drink it in between the juices throughout the I, day kind of thing what i do is i drink a lot of herbal teas mm -hmm. so it could be cinnamon like i just get cinnamon bark and just make a batch and it could be it could be iced tea or it could be hot tea um and cinnamon has a great ability to control your sugar cravings and because it has a little bit of a sweet, sweet kind of um, taste to it, it also helps a lot. So I have a lot of fennel um, tea, I have a lot of uh, um, a combination of fennel, cumin, and coriander tea, which is an Ayurvedic um, recipe. It's really good at healing your gut. And so if you get really bloated and gassy throughout the day, you can drink that and it makes you feel a lot better. And then a lot of um, cinnamon tea. Love it. I love it. Cause I'm really working on trying to, well, I want to be more active about getting, um, some of my sugar under control. So I think mm -hmm. that's great for me. I want to do a cleanse, not necessarily cause I want to lose weight, even though that would be a great plus. I'm not really going to do yeah. it for that. I want to do it just to kind of reset my palate because I feel like yeah. I would crave the junk because I eat too much of it. <laughs> so I right. think this will be really good. Do you, I know you kind of mentioned a little bit before about people who do it to lose weight. Um, they do it for a few days. Why do you think yeah. that's a bad idea? Because it kind of, the way you said it was kind of like, I don't, you think it's silly that do it for well, weight. Well, mm -hmm. I just, because most people that come to me asking me to do cleanses say, I just want to lose 10 pounds. Okay, but then what else do you want to do? <laughs> yeah, because won't it come right back when you start eating solid food again? It seemed like it would. Cause... No, 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 not at all. Okay. Well, you will get, because what will happen, it depends on how much weight you have on you. Mm -hmm. But if you say you have 20, 20 extra pounds, chances are in those five days you'll probably lose eight to 10 pounds. And about three or four of those will be water weight. Okay. And so you'll gain back, and this is something that I explain to people all the time, you will gain back two or three, but there will still be a net loss. So to me, weight loss with cleanses, it's, it's a side effect of a cleanse. It's a positive side effect. It's a welcome side effect, but it's not the reason why you cleanse. You cleanse to go within. You cleanse to allow your body to heal, to allow your body to replenish, to allow your body to have a lot of energy, mm -hmm. and to allow your mind and your spirit to connect back to this home that you have in this particular lifetime. Uh, the fact that you lose weight is an amazing thing. The fact that your skin clears up, the fact that you, you get rid of constipation, it's all amazing, beautiful side effects. But it's not the end-all, be-all, and the only reason why you should be going into a cleansing process. I love that perspective. Yes, I'm so glad you said that because I feel like that's the, I mean, it speaks to me. It definitely resonates with me, and I want to do this. And I love the way you explained it because, see, I, I drink tea. Like, before we got on, I was telling you that I was making some tea. So I'll, I'll be able to still drink tea 
um, herbal mm-hmm. teas, of course it wouldn't be. Oh, anything. absolutely. So I'll still be able to have that afternoon smoothie to coat my stomach a little bit. <laughs> and yeah. I can have the juice and drink a lot of water. So it doesn't sound as bad and as daunting as when I did it before. Absolutely. Um, because, yeah. Yeah. Now mm-hmm. I'm really thinking about it. This is awesome. I'm so glad we're talking about this. <laughs> because, I, yeah. I mean, I can talk about this all day. Yeah, <laughs> I see. So I love it. I love it. Do you have Do you have any resources that you can suggest for us for your own products and services that you have for people yeah. who are interested in going deeper in with it? Sure. And in fact, I do have a, a cleanse that I, I it's like kind of like a, a little freebie ebook that I give to people. It's called the Sexy Body Reset. And um, and I call it the sexy body reset because it was it just all about teaching people how to feel sexy because sexy is a state of mind. It's not just like oh my god, I have a twenty six inch waist and therefore I'm sexy. Absolutely not. It's all about feeling comfortable in the in your skin and feeling happy with who and feeling so comfortable and so energized that you feel sexy. It's impossible to feel sexy when you're bloated, even <laughs> if you are you know a size two. Impossible. Trust yeah. me. So the Sexy Body Reset is a combination juice and smoothie cleanse that in seven days, yes, you and I do promote it as a weight loss because it's what most people want, but it is very much a, a healing, uh, gut healing um, kind of like seven day little cleanse. Nice. So, I'm going to check that out because you said it was sexybodyreset.com. Yeah, if you go to sexybodyreset.com, you'll just you'll you just put your email and you'll immediately get it in your inbox. Yeah, I really love how you said that it's more so of a you know a state of mind and how you physically feel no matter what size you are because a lot of times when I see people talking about weight loss, it's always from just a physical perspective and not necessarily an emotional perspective and how you feel about yourself. And I feel like you're touching more on. Is more depth in what you're doing than just saying, okay, you lose weight, you're gonna feel great. But yeah, if you're emotionally yeah. jacked up, who cares? If you're losing weight, yeah. you're still not you see where it. you wanna you be. See it. I, I see it all the time. People, yes, because you have so much more energy and you feel a little bit and you feel healthier, you'll start feeling better. But I, you, but we all know that there's tons of very skinny people that are just as miserable. So yeah. it's not, it really has nothing to do with your size and rather with your state of mind and certainly with giving your body the feels that it needs to feel and thrive in whatever size you're in. I love it. Do you have any last minute tips you want to give for people who are interested in cleansing their mind, body, soul? My oh, my biggest thing these days is oils. And I'm talking about stuff that you put on your body, not in your body, even though healthy oils are also amazing for you. Give yourself a little love. You know, your skin is your largest organ, is your presentation card is your it's also one of the largest and, and most important elimination organs so love it up don't put that stuff that you find in the pharmacy please so embrace coconut oil and almond oil and sesame oil in the in the in the summer time coconut oil is very cooling to the body in the winter time sesame oil and almond oil have a warming effect in the body so make sure that you give yourself a lot of love after a shower maybe for example just love yourself up you will notice in like four or five weeks how much better and how much smoother and how much more amazing your skin is going to feel. Oh, that's good advice. You have beautiful skin, so I'm listening to this. (laughs) I'm all over this. (laughs) And I'm sure it was that, the juicing, probably reducing your stress. Oils are very detoxifying. Yeah, I love it. Okay, so I'll make sure I put all of your links for your um, Sexy Body Reset, your YouTube channel, your site, everything at brownvegan.com. 
thank you so, so much for your time. And I can't wait to connect with you soon. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. 